You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Welcome to Smart Sex, Smart Love. We're talking about sex goes beyond the taboos and talking about love goes beyond the honeymoon. I'm Dr. Joe Court. Thanks for tuning in. Hello and welcome to Smart Sex, Smart Love. I'm Dr. Joe Court and today we're going to be talking about male sexual fluidity, something that isn't really talked about in our culture very much. We, we're much more prone to talking about female sexual fluidity than we are males. Um, and so I decided to dedicate this entire episode to just talking about what happens for men? How, how do they, how do they behave in fluid ways? How does it work similarly to women? Um, not similarly to women. And it's really based on my, my latest book, which is called, Is My Husband Gay, Straight, or Bi? Um, a guide for women concerned about their men. I wrote this book because women were calling me on a regular basis and coming in for sessions worried about finding their men looking at gay porn, looking at bisexual porn. Uh, they used to be on Craigslist when that was available. Uh, they may have had, you know, gone to a bathhouse and they were completely freaked out, understandably, and scared that their husband was actually gay. And But it would turn out for the most part, part that they weren't. And so you might be thinking, well, how can that be? If they're having gay sex or they're looking at gay porn or they're having same-sex interactions, how is that not at least bi um, but, but instead is even gay? Well, I'm going to argue that today and I'm going to give you some different ways to think about it. And you may or may not agree with me. Some people don't agree with me at all. In fact, I've had some criticisms over the years where people accuse me of bi-erasure. Bi-erasure is the idea that we're a binary sexual orientation. We're either gay or straight. And um, I'm not binary at all. I'm not bi-erasure. I do know that men are bisexual, as are women. But I also know that um, there are men that have sex with men that are not bi. They're absolutely straight or they're mostly straight and bisexuality or even pansexuality is not part of the their identity. How do I know this? Well, first of all, I'm going to give you a spoiler alert. I'm not a, a gay whisperer, right? So if I was a gay whisperer, I would be so rich that I would be having dinner with Cher tonight and spending the weekend with Oprah. I wouldn't be doing this podcast. I Instead, I help men come to terms with themselves what their own orientation is, which is all anyone can do. Their partners can't tell them. Their therapists can't tell them. They have to be guided to go inside to tell themselves. So let me begin by talking about the fact that this conversation began inadvertently. It wasn't, um, didn't it start to originate up to be talking about male sexual fluidity, but I think it was 2006 or, or maybe 2005 where we started to learn about African American men going on the down low. And this was a book that was written by J.L. King and it was called On the Down Low. And what he did was he exposed African American men going to spaces and being sexual with one another and not bringing protection. And so what would happen is then they would um, pass on STIs, STDs, HIV, go back to their wives or girlfriends and pass on the STD or STI. And then some of these women became HIV positive. And this became an Oprah show. 
And on the Oprah show, I'll never forget this, everybody, including Oprah, believed that these men were all gay or at least bi. And I knew differently back then. I knew that, first of all, this was not just an African-American thing. This happens with all men. Um, and I mean, not every man, but it's not just a, a black thing. It's on all ethnicities, all religions, all cultures, crossing all cultures. And that, um, that they weren't all, that they were straight men. I knew this, but you know, the culture wasn't ready for this. At the time, um, my book is My Husband Gay Straight or Bi. I wanted originally titled Straight Guys. Straight Guys. G-U-I-S-E. And at that point, I went after my third, uh, third book was written. I went to different publishers. I even hired an agent and said, can you help me? Um, get this published. I want men to understand and women to understand that they can be fluid and straight men can have sex with men. No publisher wanted it, not even tiny, tiny publishers. So the agent dropped it and I didn't want to self-publish at the time. So I turned it actually into a website called straightguys.com and guys is spelled G-U-I-S-E. And I have to tell you that it gets the most traffic between 12 a.m. and 6 a.m. And I think that's because a lot of men are surfing the internet. They're looking at gay porn and they're wondering when they're done, why did I do that? What does this say and what does this mean about me? And so I put the site up and put my entire proposal up and started a blog at the time so that I could have ongoing information for these men. So what happened was J.L. King, when he originally exposed the down, being on the down low, he said he was straight. He has since come out as gay, which sort of weakens the argument that these men can really ever be, be uh, really straight. But I'm going to strengthen the argument hopefully today. Um, and so – I'm going to talk about um, when we first started looking at fluidity, this was Lisa Diamond's work. And Lisa Diamond wrote a book called Sexual Fluidity based on lots of past research and papers that she had published around female sexual fluidity. And at the time, she didn't believe that men could be fluid. Uh, she has since um, corrected herself and apologized and said, I was wrong, not apologized, but just basically said she was wrong and that men can be fluid. And now she is exploring that. And, and I love the work she does as long with uh, – um, uh, Rich Savin Williams is also doing male sexual fluidity. And so they're, they're putting science behind the clinical work that I've always seen in my office. And what happens is my tagline is often this, that when men have one non-heterosexual thought, they're stigmatized. When women have one non-heterosexual thought, they're fetishized. So that creates burdens on both sides, right? So women have had to deal with being um, objectified and men have to have the burden of being quiet. They can't talk about it. And we know that bisexual men even – don't disclose often to their partners because partners see them as bi now, gay later. In other words, that they're transitionally bi, but they're really gay and they can't accept it. And that's not the truth for, for true bisexual men. They're bisexual. They can commit. They can be monogamous. But a lot of people have a lot of um, negative thoughts about that and don't believe that. Before I go into some of the categories of what it is to be um, a straight man having, or a mostly straight man having sex with other men, we have to understand that, um, again, things aren't binary, right? So uh, it's not just gay and straight. It's bisexual and that we've had forever the Kinsey scale, right? So the Kinsey scale goes from zero, um, which is exclusively heterosexual with no homosexual interest. 
and it goes all the way to six, exclusively homosexual with no heterosexual interest. But what about one through five, right? One is predominantly heterosexual, only incidental homosexual. Two is predominantly heterosexual, but more than incidentally homosexual. I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but, you know, we've either ignored this or we've said, well, they're prob- that probably means they're bi. And that's not necessarily true. The people are coming forward. Um, and I think it's because of the internet. The internet has allowed people to explore and examine unexamined and unexplored parts of their erotic self, their sexual self. And so they have a better understanding of what's going on with me. So these days, you can't tell somebody who they are. It's inappropriate. It's politically incorrect. And, and frankly, it's, it's insulting and injurious. The, the thing to say to somebody is, how do you self-identify? That's what I do with my clients. Can you tell me how you identify? And then if, let's say I have a client and she says, I'm lesbian. Well, that doesn't tell me anything about her sexual behavior today. It tells me nothing about her sexual history in her past. I have to ask her about that. What does lesbian mean for you? Tell me about your sexual behavior because she may, in fact, be having sex with men and still identify as lesbian. And for you that are listening, you may think, well, she can't do that and that's not right. But it isn't for us to judge. It's for us to listen and learn how she's judged herself and how she labels herself. And so uh, just as an aside, I'm actually going to do a podcast on this, um, uh, is that Kinsey in the 40s and the 50s when he did his survey, survey, he had the X factor, which was people who were asexual and non-sexual. So people think, well, asexuality is a new label. Uh, you know, asexual, um, can mean somebody who's not, has no sex drive at all, uh, and has never had their own sex drive, uh, has a little bit of a sex drive. They're called gray sexuals. I'm going to do a whole podcast on that and explain more about that. It's, it's, it has a growing definition that we're understanding. But the point of this is Kinsey knew it and we didn't, we haven't been talking about it. So when it comes to bisexuality, though, there was Fritz Klein, and he wrote this book called The Bisexual Option. And in it, um, he talked about legitimizing bisexuality. And at the time, he looked at it, um, he didn't like the Kinsey scale. He felt it was not dimensional enough. So he created the Klein Sexual Orientation Grid. You can find these online and download them. I use them with all my questioning clients. Anybody who sees themselves as a little fluid or unsure or questioning. And in it, Fritz Klein breaks things down. Um, what is someone's, what is someone's sexual attraction, sexual behavior, sexual fantasies? Um, because we think those should all align, but they don't necessarily align. What are someone's emotional preference, social preference, self-identification? Do they see themselves living in more of the straight community, the LGBT community? Um, in the past, what was it? In the present, what is it? In the future, ideally, what would they want it to be? And then he, he does give a scale of one to seven. Are you attracted to the other sex only? all the way to the same sex only. So it's a lot to take in as you're listening to my podcast, but if you download the Klein Sexual Orientation Grid, you'll see you'll see it. And even some people are saying even that today is becoming a little outdated because it doesn't include gender identity, which also adds another element that I won't be discussing today. But let's talk about the fact that we have a sexual orientation and we have an erotic orientation. Our sexual orientation is to whom we're attracted to, men, Women, both, neither, a blend of both. Erotic orientation is what gets me off, what brings me to orgasm, what positions I enjoy, what fantasies I enjoy. 
And sometimes one's erotic orientation is different than one's sexual orientation. So let's talk about people that have um, rape fantasies. Now they're calling them ravaging fantasies, right? Wanting to be raped or ravaged and wanting to rape or to ravage. Um, that does not mean that because somebody erotically is into that, that they want to rape or that they want to really be raped. Because we understand that real rape involves power, control, and sex as a vehicle to do that and humiliate and degrade somebody. That's not what rape play or ravage play is. The play involves consent, and it is sexual, and it's mutual, and it's an agreed-upon act. Um, that's its own podcast in and of itself. But I'm using it to prep where we're heading here because you can have a sexual identity – sexual preferences, sexual behavior, and sexual fantasies, and they can all line up. So if you're straight, they're all to the opposite sex or the other gender. If you're gay or lesbian, they're all to the same gender. And if you're bi, it might be to both or many genders. But that doesn't explain the the fact that I had somebody I knew who was a self-identified lesbian middle-aged feminist whose primary fantasy was imagining herself being violently gang-raped by a gang of straight men. She'd never had this happen. She never wanted to make it happen. She was never going to make it happen. It was just a fantasy of hers. The only reason she was in my office is that two girlfriends, one long-term and one short-term, decided to no longer stay in relationship with her because they couldn't handle that that's what she thought about. Um, and even though it was only what in her mind and she knew she was still lesbian and that it had nothing to do with how she self-identified. So given that, let's talk about some of the categories that I've seen in my office about the sexually fluid men. So I'm going to start with Rich Savin Williams, who actually wrote a book called Mostly Straight. And that's the term he likes to use. He um, is a Stanford professor and he has studied, continues to study um, a college age males um, at Stanford and who would identify themselves as Kinsey ones. And they would call themselves heteroflexible so that they're only attracted to, uh, women. But every once in a while, it's incidental, it's random, it's episodic. A male comes along and they're able to be sexual with that male. But then they go back to being with females. Now, some people will say, well, isn't that bisexuality? No, because bisexuality, and again, I'm saying no, but your client or you listening to this may say, well, it is for me, and it might be bisexuality for you. But bisexuality usually means that I'm attracted to both men and women in different ways. These guys that I'm talking about that Rich Seven Williams is interviewing and that I've seen in my practice, they're not attracted to men. They're attracted to the, this particular guy for this particular reason, for this particular chemistry that's between them. That's it. It's incidental. So that's really what sexual fluidity is. You could even be homoflexible, right? So homoflexible means I'm only attracted to men or I'm only attracted to women. But every once in a while, somebody of the opposite sex comes along or the other gender comes along and I'm attracted to them and, and there's something there. And I'm going to admit that as I've gotten older, I've become more homoflexible. So I know I'm a gay man. Um, I've, uh, clear on that. But, um, as I've gotten older, I have started finding myself looking at women more, thinking about them sexually in ways I never used to, catching myself, uh, looking at certain, uh, women's cleavage or, you know, thinking about being sexual with them. And at first, it scared me. I didn't know what it meant. Just like anyone else, you think you're one way. And as life goes on, you start to realize, well, maybe I'm not only that way, but it doesn't mean my identity changes. 
There are also men that are bi-curious. These guys are interested in having a bisexual experience, but they're not, they're not bi. They're not even fluid. Their girlfriend might have wanted them to do it. They might have had some um, – they might have been drunk. Uh, they might have had some fantasy around it, but it's just about being curious. Then there are men I've seen in my practice that they would identify themselves as hetero-emotional. In other words, hetero-romantic and homosexual. So all their sexual fantasies are about men. But all their romantic interests and emotional interests are with women. They would never see themselves as gay or bi. The LGBT community is not a place they see as home. And for them, they marry women and partner with women because that is their home. But while they're having sex with her, they're thinking of men. Sometimes they tell her, sometimes they don't. And the reason they don't is because they're afraid that she's going to maybe um, not understand it, think he's really gay, and um, leave him. And the fact is, they're just fantasies. The most uh, common thing I see in my office is what is called trauma reenactment. So these are men that have been sexually abused as boys, and they return to the scene of the sexual crime. So let me give you an example. I had a guy come to me and uh, he was sexually abused. Um, he had never put this together. His wife caught him uh, going online and engaging in cam sex with other men. And when she opened the door, saw him naked and saw the people on the cam- other side of the cam, she thought he was gay. And, and so they came to my office in crisis. And in his childhood, he had had an experience where a brother and a cousin sexually abused him. And so because of that, In his webcam experience, he was reenacting that early abuse. So in other words, I ask questions. When you're on cam, what are you thinking about? What do you want to do with these people? You know, what? how do you want them to feel toward you? How do you feel toward them? Every answer to the question that I had asked him led back to what happened in his childhood and what happened in the sexual abuse. I've had clients where they've been sexually abused and molested in the bathtub by male perpetrators. So then they go to rest rooms or bathhouses, bathroom areas. So then they're, uh, they're reenacting what happened to them in the bathtub as adults. It's unconscious. We all do it to different degrees. We all return to the scene of the crime as from children, whether it's sexual or not. But when it's sexual, you will often turn back to it as a sexual um, behavior. This has nothing to do, again, with being gay or bi. It has to do with us being a straight – it can, but it can also be a straight man who is reenacting something early on. Then I get this a lot where men come to my office and they enjoy having anal sex, meaning receiving anal sex. And they try to tell their female partners it doesn't go well or she's disgusted or he's too ashamed – So he'll find men to engage in anal sex. He's not attracted to the men. He's attracted to receiving anal sex. So he'll go to a therapist. The therapist will say, I think you're either gay or bi, because why would you be doing this? And so read Joe Court's book. Honestly, I've had this happen countless times. He reads my books. He says to her or him, I don't still don't think I'm gay. Go see Joe Court. They come and see me. And they look at me holding my books and they say, if I'm gay, help me be gay, but I don't feel like I'm gay. And what I tell them is that I'm licensed by the state of Michigan and I'm a certified sex therapist and I have to tell you that your anus doesn't have a sexual orientation. It doesn't know whether it's gay, straight, or bi. It's an anus and you like prostate pleasure and that's all this is. What you do sexually isn't who you are. I have an article somewhere on my website, Are You What You Orgasm? 
No, what you get off on isn't necessarily who you are. And this is very relieving to a lot of men because now they're freed up to tell their wives or girlfriends, I enjoy anal sex and I'd like to do this with you. And it's actually called pegging. And there are books on pegging um, on how to do it well and how to get women involved and men involved and how to do that. Then there are men that are into BDSM, bondage, discipline, sadomasochism. And what they're interested in erotically is the power exchange, impact play, being a slave, being a master, being bound, being dominant, being submissive. And they would prefer, straight men would prefer doing this with women. But if women aren't available or there are men that can take it or give it out, uh, dish it out more, they're willing to engage in that with men. But it's not about the man. It's about the BDSM. And then there are people that have fetish and kinks. So I had a client once that was into uh, muscles and he loved going. He was a heterosexually identified guy. He'd go to female bodybuilding shows, watch women getting into, um, you know, performing, uh, you know, mu- muscle, um, you know, uh, bodybuilding contests. And so then, of course, they leave and the males come out. And now they have different muscles, bigger muscles. Um, and so then he found himself turned on by these guys, but it wasn't about the men. It was about the muscle. And so he would actually engage in sex with them. And you, again, listening, you might think, well, that makes him gay or bi. No, it makes him uh, acting on his fetish or kink for muscles. Then there are men who are sex workers or enjoy um, getting paid for sex, male escorts. I've had many of them in my practice. And what they tell me is, Sometimes I feel like I'm a cash sexual. I would prefer, they're heterosexually identified, right? I would prefer having a woman um, pay me. And some women do, but most women don't. And most women don't have to, but men will pay for sex. So they're, what turns them on isn't necessarily having sex with a man. What turns them on is that they were paid to have sex with this guy. And once the money or the Google wallet or whatever it is, a cash app um, is makes a ding, they get an erection and it's like um, an erotic sense for them. Um, a lot of straight men will say, I have a higher sex drive. My female partner uh, and I tried to negotiate it. She doesn't want to keep up with me. She can't keep up with me. So I turn to men. And I, one of the biggest things I've noticed, because I work with men all over the place um, and for consultations all over the world, they all say the same thing to me. I didn't think I was cheating because it was with a man. And they mean it. But of course, once they are discovered or they come out about it, they realize, yes, I broke the relationship contract. And the fact is that I, um, I'm, I, I did cheat or I, I, you know, engaged in infidelity. Another thing that men do, uh, it's, it's, this is becoming an outdated word, but people do know it still today. It's cross-dressing. It's also called gender play. It's also called feminization where a man, and this is usually a straight man. It can be a bi man and some gay men do this, but it's usually a straight man who gets excited and gets aroused by dressing like a woman, being with a man, maybe even being sexual with a man. This isn't about being trans. He's excited by feeling like a woman, not being a woman. That's a different way um, and, and a different um, – that's different than, um, than, than being transgender and it's also different than being gay because he's not attracted to men. He's attracted to the men helping him feel like a woman. And finally, the last category I'll, I'll talk about is um, that there are men that are exhibitionists. And there are men that are voyeurs. So an exhibitionist is someone who likes showing off, right? And voyeurs are like are the people that like to watch. And all of us have a little bit of that in us. We like to show a little bit. We like to watch a little bit. 
But if a man has a true kink or fetish that is primarily about exhibiting himself, he'd rather, a straight guy wants to do it to a woman. But if she's not available or doesn't want it, he's happy to do it to a male. It's about exhibiting himself that arouses him, being watched. This is also true for voyeurism. Um, it's a guy who likes to watch, but if women aren't available to watch or don't want to be watched, then he will watch um, somebody of the same sex. I think what's most important, I probably should have started this podcast by saying I'm only talking about adults, that I'm, not, I'm talking about non-offending, all consensual play here. And I'm talking about men that need a place to to show up and know that being fluid is okay, that there's nothing wrong with them. You know, women don't usually have a problem knowing that they're fluid. I get it in my office all the time. But when men come in, they're they're freaked out and they're worried and they want to know, am I gay, straight or bi? I can't be fluid. And I have to sometimes say to many men, you're fluid. It does. We're not landing on anything. If you want to know more, you can go to my website, straightguys.com. That's G-U-I-S-E. And you can go to my book, Is My Husband Gay, Straight, or Bi? A Guide for Women Concerned About Their Men. And I'm hoping to have more people on here talking about male sexual fluidity. And I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Smart Sex, Smart Love. I'm Dr. Joe Court, and you can find me on joecourt.com. That's J-O-E-K-O-R-T.com. See you next time.